This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, college football season has started. It was a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Yes, it was. However, Sunday, when my LSU Tigers played uh, Florida State, that was not quite so wonderful for us. It was almost wonderful. It was one kick away from being wonderful. Nah, it, it was pretty bad. But, you know, we, we went to the Allstate Louisiana kickoff game in the Superdome, and we had the best seats. My husband found us 50-yard line. We were 23 rows up from the field. Absolutely fantastic view for about two and a half minutes when we sat down. And then this guy came in, Florida State fan, And bless his heart, bless his heart, he stood the entire time. And when I tell you the entire time, he did not sit down for a television timeout. He did not sit down when the band came out on the field at halftime. He never went to the bathroom. He never sat down for the entire game. So we had the close-up view of the flattest butted human being I have ever seen. I mean, it looked like they took a frog, stood it up, and put a pair of cargo shorts on it. Maybe he was a uh, fighting Texas Aggie who had a kid playing for Florida State. Maybe the problem is... is is that y'all were sitting down. Do you not stand up? Oh, I mean, I, I do stand up. Like, especially, I mean, you know, when there's something going on, of course you stand up. Like, I mean, you know, if you're in the red zone or there's something, yes. I mean, but at some point you got to sit down during a TV timeout. I'm living in a house full of Aggies. I was not allowed to sit down during football games as I was dating my future wife and I would go to A&M games. So I don't really have a lot of empathy for you. Although... The backside of a human being is definitely not a window to see through. Did you just sit there? Did you did you say, pardon me? Did you throw some popcorn? How did this resolve at the end, at the end of the day? Well, it kind of resolved that I, I watched the screens a lot. So I probably could have sat home and watched the game much cheaper than I watched it on the screen there in the, the Superdome. But... You know, I mean, what do you say? I mean, you say, I mean, I'm not one of those people that's going to tell somebody they have to sit down during a football game because I wouldn't want somebody to tell me to sit down when LSU's being successful or if I'm rooting for my team. But I've just never seen anything outside of Kyle Field at Texas A&M where somebody stood for an entire game. And when you're at Kyle Field, it's expected. Like, Everybody stands, right? That's different than this one lone human being that is standing for hours on end. I, I kind of want to know what kind of shoes he had on to be able to do that. Was he alone? Was he by himself? Yeah, he was just by himself. There was no one. I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll post the picture of this. We did take a picture of our, our view of the not so 50 yard line during the game because I had to because it was you know, it's going to be one of those memories. And I guess it goes back to, to no good story ever started with I was eating a salad, right? I mean, had we actually been able to see the game, it wouldn't have been as good a story for our podcast. The determination and the commitment to stand. Did he sit down at halftime? No, he stood through both bands. He stood for both bands. He stood for the All-State try to win by kicking a field goal. He stood for everything. Did he cheer? 
Oh my gosh. I mean, like, I was kind of afraid what was going to happen if LSU won because he took every penalty as a personal attack toward himself. I know this guy. You know this guy? His wife has kicked him out of the house, will not let him watch a football game in the living room anymore. He's already destroyed six TVs in the last two years. He's been told he has to go to the stadium because then he can't smash the TV. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's it. You know, we have bean bags. We have we have LSU bean bags at our house to take that frustration out. So very specifically, so you have something to throw. But the rule is you're not allowed to throw it at the TV. I don't understand you people that yell or throw things at the TV. I don't get it. I get excited about something good happening, but I don't necessarily get angry when something bad happens. I think the most I get is, oh, no. Oh, crud. But never do I want to destroy the TV. But there are people like that. There's videos all over the internet about it. But we don't throw things at the TV, but we will throw things at other people. That's what you have little beanbags for, so you can throw them at people when you're watching the game. It's all in good fun. But this guy, yeah, the dedication. And it got me thinking, like, what would happen if... We were that dedicated to everything that we think is important in our lives. Amazing focus, amazing culture. Just this past weekend as well, Clemson, Georgia Tech, and that was the Monday night game. And there was 109 players on the spring roster that went through the spring season and all that activity that happens in college football during the spring. And all 109 came back for the fall. That's the culture that Dabo Sweeney has created in Clemson football. And they were talking about how rare that is today and how unique it is. Their players, even the ones that were projected in the NFL draft, played in the bowl game just this past January. All whatever number of players it was that were projected to be drafted, who a lot of times, you know, we've talked about this before, they, due to risk of injury and all those things, choose not to play in the bowl game. And this wasn't a national title game. These were players that were so committed to the culture that has been created there. Their commitment and dedication was so strong that they were risking future careers and played in the bowl game. There's so many examples here. The dedication here, I don't see it in a lot of places. Speaking of the Georgia Tech-Clemson game, I was actually impressed by Georgia Tech, especially in the first half. I mean, they tried to come out and, and put on a show. They've got some talent. I think either Clemson figured it out or they ran out of gas. I mean, they ended up blowing them out. But the first half was interesting. For sure. I know. I was like, what? what is up with this? Speaking of the culture that was created at Clemson, I love that Dabo Sweeney has brought in Damon West, who wrote The Coffee Bean, each season to be such an incredible part of building that culture. That's one of the things that Integra, our organization, has done for the last two years is brought Damon in to speak with our agents. And and I can really see a difference in the change and the focus of our org since we've started putting such an emphasis on the whole concept of being a coffee bean. Yeah. And side note, I don't know if you saw the announcement, but Damon West has found Mr. Jackson. And so if you don't know what we're talking about, go get you a copy 
of the coffee bean and you'll understand the Mr. Jackson story that's in the coffee bean. He did not know the man's name. He could not find him. He lost track of him in the prison system. And so he found Mr. Jackson. That's amazing. Talk about dedication. He's been looking for Mr. Jackson for years. I was so excited to see that Coach Kelly actually brought Damon in at LSU last week to talk to our players there as well. So we'll see. That's awesome. If we could just harness this or just pay attention to this, it has everything to do with business ownership, with agency ownership. I heard a term the other day, FOBO, fear of better options. Culturally, it's kind of where we are, our failure to commit, our unwillingness to be completely dedicated. And this FOBO, fear of better options, the phrase I heard was, I may, can probably, possibly, maybe meet with you on Friday. It's like, what? (laughs) In scripture, it talks about let your yes be yes and your no be no. That is kind of where we need to be. Your Florida State guy, his yes is yes and his no is no when it comes to Florida State football. I've seen this. I haven't heard this term, but I've seen this when you're planning events and you're planning a wedding or you're planning some kind of party and people will be like, oh, well, maybe, well, maybe means what? I've seen this with different events over the last few years. And I think that's it. I mean, it's absolutely, uh, okay, I'll go if if nothing better comes along. And thinking back, I probably started seeing this about 20 years ago as concert tickets changed. You know, it used to be that when people would announce a concert, everybody would try to grab their tickets. Well, now no one does that because they don't know what else is coming along. And then scalpers come in, grab all the tickets, and then... At the last minute, when you decide you want to go see Kenny Chesney, then you've got to buy him from a scalper because you weren't sure if there was going to be a better option that came along. It's rampant in our culture. It's potentially a downfall in our businesses if we're not careful, if we let it creep in. Employee engagement culture. I think that's why we've spent so much energy around creating culture. We can't always be the best paying. We can't always be the best price. You can't always be everything in that way. It doesn't work that way. It's impossible. If we're not careful, we'll create this culture where we're in this constant pursuit of being the best. Simon Sinek talks about be careful with the companies that say we are the best at something or we are going, our goal is to be the best. That's very short-lived. You can't say that your goal is to be the best. Your goal is this pursuit of getting better. It's this pursuit of continuously learning. It's very important that that long-term mindset be there or you'll never be able to create a culture that works and works against and defends itself with this FOBO kind of concept. I believe one of the causes of this we have too many options now. It used to be that if we were going to be involved with something, that was it. To go back to the ticket concept, we bought tickets to see the Judds when they announced that Naomi was going to be touring. We bought tickets to see the Judds months and months and months ago because I knew this was kind of one of those very rare opportunities. And then after her passing, they decided to go ahead with the tour. And we were looking at our scheduling for the month of October. And I said, well, oh my gosh, we've got this concert that I'd kind of sort of forgotten about that we bought tickets to six months ago, but now there's something else that we really would 
rather do that weekend because of the change of the concert itself. And so I think one of the challenges that we have as business owners is that people just have so many opportunities flying at them. You know, how do we cut through the clutter? We struggle with that line of commitment because it's not just in our businesses. It's everywhere. There's so many things that are in our culture today that we struggle around this commitment idea that it infiltrates. It infiltrates into our business decisions. The one for me that I pick on the most is the shiny object syndrome around technology. Everybody is looking for that next app. And if you're constantly implementing a new piece of technology into your workflow into your business, then you're constantly in this state of disruption. You can't ever stabilize, especially if you have any people. If it's just you and you're a solopreneur, maybe you can adapt a little faster and be okay, but it's probably still disrupting you and you don't realize it. I have this sort of reality spectrum here around watching and talking to agents around this FOBO concept of technology. Well, if I don't try this thing out, what if it's the next big thing. As important as technology is in our independent agencies today, it's not the end-all be-all. In the Good to Great book, it talks about technology as an accelerator, not technology as a foundation, not technology as the reason we have success. So I think that's really, really important in that we are in this culture where we have this FOBO environment all around us. And now we find ourselves in this business ownership standpoint, and we can't break loose from that. One of our agents, Ernie Hill, down in Cedar Hill, Texas, a few weeks ago, made a comment about balance between work and life. And he said that if you have too little of either one, that failure will creep in on both of them. And I thought that that was a a really brilliant way of, of putting that. And I loved the idea of making sure that you have the same kind of dedication to your family as you do to work and vice versa. If someone who has been called into the ministry can make the statement in front of their church that says, it's God, family, then my church. Interesting. And if you're a church member, that is an area where it's a little delicate because a pastor is there in support and serving. And I learned 20 something years ago from my pastor who just recently retired. If my pastor can make that statement that his family goes ahead of his church, well then who am I to put my business in front of my family? If he's willing to put his family first, well, shouldn't I put my family first? And so I think it's extremely important to think about that priority and where that dedication first lies. You can make the excuse, well, I've got to do this with my business or we're not, I'm not going to be able to feed my family. I think that's a little misguided. That's a short-sighted excuse-driven thing where you go, well, I have to do this this way. Well, no, you're choosing it and that's going to lead you down this pretty ugly path. I've seen where some people's dedication is cyclical and sometimes they'll be more dedicated to family. Sometimes they're more dedicated to work. So do you think that it works for it to be cyclical like that or does it need to be 100% everything all the time? I can only speak for me. And for me, it's about balance all the time. There are times in the year, there are busy times, there are slower times. Communication with your spouse about where you're at 
what season you're in. That is what healthy marriages and healthy families do. My spouse understands or understood when I was in a busy season. She understood what was going on and she was there with me and supportive about it. It feels better to be balanced. We always tend to go back to sports analogies. What are your thoughts on an athlete cannot run with money in his pockets? How does that apply to our agencies? The comparison there, uh, we obviously have the NIL situation and we have the craziness that's going on there. And by the way, Emma is now in open source or something like that. There's now She's now has a profile out there through the University of Kansas with compliance and stuff. It's pretty cool. Kind of interesting. There's the football, basketball, million dollar deals. And then there's the other athletes who are throwing themselves out there or not on the NIL piece. Agencies and agency owners, business owners, we can do this same thing. We can get off track on this same type of scenario if we're chasing the dollars, if we're just out there chasing something that is going to get in the way of our balance or get in the way of our culture that we're trying to create. I say culture should be created when you're a solopreneur, not when you have people. Because if you start acting one way when it's just you, and then you think you're going to be able to act a different way or create a different set of decision-making processes when you have somebody that you hire, that's a tough pivot in order to do that. I think about if you're out there writing business just because you're trying to make a little bit of money quickly, then you're short-sighted in thinking. You're not there taking care of the customer. You're not doing it for the right reasons. If you're making a sale on something that is just going to line your pocket, book, but not going to take care of the customer in the best way or taking on something that's going to take away from your family time. Those things are things that are going to get you out of kilter, so to speak, with the balance. My mom is an attorney and she did not do divorces. That was just not what she practiced. And it was a, a strict rule in mom's law office. If somebody calls with a divorce, this is who to send them to. And she always laughed and said that somebody she knew would call her in the month of December. And within the legal industry, not a lot is done in the month of December, right? Attorneys basically take December off. And somebody would call her and say, Miss Kathy, you know, I've got this divorce. We have everything set set up. No, it's not going to be hard. And she would say, well, because it's you, I, I would do it. And then she would regret it for the next year. And then somebody would end up calling her in December. I've seen how she went through this. She, you know, 11 months out of the year, she's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to do this. But then this time would open up and she would look at it and say, well, maybe this one's going to be different. And then it never was. So just let me get this straight. Your mom, as an attorney, she got to pick what kind of law she wanted to practice. Absolutely. And who she, and who she wanted to take on as a customer. Yes, of course. Are you listening, agents? Do you understand? You get to pick your client. You get to decide what kind of business you want to write. Just because it comes at you doesn't mean you have to do it. Let's take a lesson from the mama queen. Let's understand that we have that choice. Just because it's in front of you doesn't mean you have to do it. You get to choose what kind of business you do. You get to choose how you set your agency up. At least you do in the independent agency channel. Now, if you're listening and you're in a different channel, you're in the other channel, you're working for a company as an employee, as a producer, well, then you don't get to choose as much. Not your choice. It's somebody else's choice. 
And that's okay too, if that's where you want to be. But if you want to be an independent agency owner, you get to choose how things work. You get to set your culture up. That's part of where dedication to something, commitment to something even starts. I think one of the challenges also is that we're used to saying yes. It is so easy to say yes. So when the time comes for us to say no, we don't have the words because we haven't practiced them. We don't say no very often. One of the reasons that we get stuck is we don't know how to do it. So go in, figure out what you're going to say when you say no. And it's going to be a whole lot easier to say it. There's a Tommy Boy quote from Tommy Boy's dad. And it's unfortunately, it fits so many of us in the agency, insurance agency world. Why say no when saying yes feels so good? We've had those conversations and unfortunately, it just leads us down this really crazy, clean it up path. And we recently became empty nesters and we got into a clean out project. And I still just amazed at the things that I had in the shop, the things that I had in terms of softball equipment. I went through a phase where I accumulated anything and everything. We say yes to all this stuff because like we have this either FOBO environment and it just consumes us. I have a girlfriend that actually has a shirt that says, you know, you're from Northeast Louisiana when you've been kicked out of a little league game more than once. And her husband is a doctor. She and I grew up together. She's beautiful. She's smart. She was an elite level gymnast. And I will never forget the Saturday morning that we were out at the ball field and the police actually took her away. And we had to go and tell her husband that they were removing her from the ball field. And because she got so involved, it kind of became a a joke within our friends group, but it's the truth. We lose our minds around our kids. I don't understand why, but we do. And people do it. And if you think you didn't, then you're just lying to yourself. I just haven't found anybody yet that did not just lose their mind or have some period, whether it was a day, a week, a year, or multiple years of temporary insanity. Uh, We've all done it. Some of us have been able to go in and out of that pattern, but it happens. Everybody has that experience. So if we can have that kind of dedication to our kids playing sports, why can't we have that kind of dedication to building our family unit as a whole? And really and truly, why can't we have that same kind of dedication in building our businesses the way they need to be built? We can. It's back to this balance thing and having this balance in your mind. I have a good friend in education and his opinion around this is that the reason parents lose their minds around their kids is the reflection. It's that when their kid messes up, they can't accept the fact that it's basically saying in their own minds, I failed as a parent, which is not necessarily true. Kids are kids and kids mess up and we're all human beings and we all fail. And I think that we go through that phase. One of these things is maybe it's fear of failure that focus that creates this this maybe over dedication to one thing that becomes unhealthy i think that we can and we do have this dedication to things, our business, but I think sometimes we take it too far. We have over-dedication. We might end up, in a lot of cases, being overly dedicated to one thing over the other. And that's where some of our miss comes from or some of our struggle might come from is that it gets us out of whack. It gets us out of balance. If I'm focused on the offense 
constantly and I'm never working on my defense. There's so many things that we spend this over-focus, over-dedication on, and we become obsessed with it. And then other things suffer because the balance isn't there. And I think that's what happens in our business. I really do. You can have a family. You can have a career. You can have a career and be a mom. You can have a career and be a spouse. You can have a career and be a great parent. All of these things can work together in harmony and can actually make you better at the other. I'm convinced that you can be better at your business if you have the balance at home. If your home is healthy, if your relationship with your spouse is healthy, if your relationship with your kids is healthy, your dedication to your business is going to be there because you're not going to have that distraction. There's a lot of that that's built in as business owners that we have to think about. So I'm going to leave us with this. The only one who can tell you you can't win is you, and you don't have to listen. That's Jessica Ennis-Hill. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.